Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about idioms that use the word naked, how to pronounce this tricky word, short-lived or short-lived, when to capitalize the word earth, and the little bugs that live in your eyebrows. We have a fun segment for you today. We're going to tell you the naked truth about a bunch of idioms that use the word naked. Let's start at the beginning. Naked means not wearing any clothes, and it's a really old word. We find it in Old English, where it was spelled N-A-C-O-D or N-A-K-E-T. It's related to the ancient Sanskrit word nagna and the classical Latin word nudus. Nudus, of course, led to today's word nude. Naked and nude both mean the same thing, but their connotations are very different. Being nude has a positive spin. People go to nude beaches by choice for the freedom of walking around in a world with no clothes. Artists study nude models so they can better express the beauty of the human form. Their creations are called nudes. In contrast, naked has a sense of vulnerability, almost like your clothes have been stripped away and you're exposed to the world. Haven't we all had dreams or nightmares where that happens? Because of this sense of being stripped bare, many idioms with the word naked have that same meaning. For example, a naked flame is one that's completely unprotected. Think of a candle that could easily tip over and catch your curtains on fire. The naked truth refers to plain, brutal facts, free of any softening. The idea was known in Latin as nuda veritas. It appeared in the work of the Roman poet Horace in his Odes, written in the first century BC. The idea of the naked truth is also tied to several fables that tell of two figures, truth and falsehood, bathing in a stream. In the story, after washing off, falsehood steps out of the water, presumably dries off, and puts on truth's clothes. Truth, being an honorable woman, refuses to take falsehood's clothes. Instead, she walks off proudly naked. Another expression is to see with the naked eye. That means you're not using a tool like a microscope or telescope to enhance your vision. You could say that a comet is too far away to be seen with the naked eye, for example. Or that those little bugs that live in your eyebrows, they really do. Check Google if you don't believe me. They are too tiny to be seen with the naked eye. And thank goodness, I really don't want to see those bugs. 
There's also the odd expression of being naked as a jaybird or naked as a nuthatch. We don't know where those phrases came from. Neither bird is the kind we might strip of its feathers like we would a chicken we were preparing to cook. And even if you tried, a blue jay weighs only two or three ounces, a nuthatch less than an ounce. The meal would hardly be worth the effort. There's also the term naked ape, meaning a human being. This expression was coined by zoologist Desmond Morris in 1967. His book, The Naked Ape, was a landmark study of human behavior and evolution. His main idea was that although we're not covered with hair, we're basically still a type of ape, and a lot of our behavior can be understood accordingly. Sounds like Morris was dropping some naked truth on the public. Finally, let's address a question we're often asked. Do you say someone is buck naked or butt naked? The first way is correct, but butt naked kind of makes sense too. It's an example of an egg corn in which people replace the right word with a different word that sounds the same and also seems to make logical sense. The phrase buck naked has an uncertain origin. It was first used in the early 1900s and may have come about because human skin somewhat resembles the smooth skin of a buck male deer. The phrase in the buff, which also means naked, may have the same origin, hinting at the similarity between our skin and buff leather, that is, leather made from buffalo hides. That's our roundup of naked idioms. Hope you have a great day and your night is free of any dreams in which you are unexpectedly naked in public. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. 
is at rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Here's a quick listener question about pronunciation. Hi, Grammar Girl. This is Brad in Lake Bluff, Illinois, calling. Enjoy your program, your podcast. I've been listening to it for a long time. I've been wondering about asking you a question, but I was finally prompted by two of your recent episodes. One was the one on correcting people's mispronunciation, and the other one was on deja vu. And in that episode on deja vu, you used a term that you pronounce as short-lived. And I'm asking if perhaps it shouldn't be pronounced short-lived because the term describes the length of a life. And I would compare it to words like half, which changes to halved, knife changes to knived, and roof changes to roofed, all of which, when the F changes to a V, retain the original vowel sound without a change there. be interesting to hear what you think about that on your show. Thanks very much. Thanks, Brad. Great question. Dictionaries are a mixed bag on the word. Merriam-Webster Online and Dictionary.com both list both pronunciations. Merriam-Webster lists short-lived first, but Dictionary.com lists short-lived first. Collins Dictionary, a British dictionary, lists short-lived as the British pronunciation and short-lived as the American pronunciation. But the Oxford English Dictionary, also a British dictionary, lists only the short-lived pronunciation. So the opposite, saying short-lived, is the British pronunciation. So, I don't know. One thing that does seem clear by searching Youglish, a site where you can watch snippets of YouTube videos that use specific words, is that short-lived is much more common there. The first 10 videos I watched all used it. Regarding etymology, two sources I trust seem to disagree. Etym online calls the last part the past tense of the verb live, lived, which would also argue for the short-lived pronunciation. But the Oxford English Dictionary seems to say it comes from the noun life, but then that people often apprehend it as coming from the verb live. So even the origin isn't clear, which means the etymology can't help us figure out the best way to pronounce it either. Even if we wanted to follow the same pattern as halved and knifed and keep the vowel sound the same, we don't seem to know for sure whether we're supposed to follow live or life. Plus, English breaks patterns all the time, so just because those words keep their vowel sound doesn't mean this word would need to. At this point, I've listened to the two pronunciations so many times, I can't even remember which pronunciation I used anymore, but I think I'll use short-lived in the future. And finally, regarding those other words, roof is especially interesting because the past tense can be pronounced either roofed or roofed. And in fact, the Oxford English Dictionary says the past participle is on rare occasions spelled with a V instead of an F. So roofed is a little like short-lived and short-lived. They both have multiple possible pronunciations. Thanks for the question. Figuring out when to capitalize the word Earth isn't always straightforward. It's the name of our planet, and we capitalize names because they're proper nouns, right? Well, the names of other planets like Mars and Venus are always capitalized because they're the names of specific places. 
But people treat Earth differently and don't always capitalize it. And you can tell this one is tricky because the AP Stylebook Q&A section has a lot of questions about whether to capitalize the word Earth in different situations. In other words, even though they have an entry explaining their rules, people still wonder if they're doing it right. Here's the deal. First, when you're using the word Earth to refer to dirt, it's lowercase, of course. Second, when Earth is listed along with other planet names, it's always capitalized. For example, Earth and Mars are capitalized in this recent teaser from the New York Times. NASA's Ingenuity, a small robotic helicopter, took its initial flight over Mars on Monday, making history as the first powered aircraft from Earth to fly on another planet. Both the Chicago Manual of Style and the AP Stylebook say to capitalize Earth when it's being used as the proper name of our planet in this way and in this kind of scientific context, whether it's listed alongside other planets or not. But finally, they both say to keep it lowercase in other uses, such as when it's being used in non-technical contexts, casual contexts, and in idioms. For example, they both say you'd keep it lowercase in examples such as moving heaven and earth to make something happen, describing someone as down-to-earth, or asking where on earth someone has been, presumably because you're using earth as more of a metaphor than a reference to the actual planet. But even that isn't straightforward. For example, Chicago says to keep earth lowercase when you put the word the in front of it, as in the earth is definitely round. While the AP Stylebook has examples of keeping it capitalized when used in a scientific context, even when it has the word the in front of it, as in, the most abundant minerals in the Earth's crust are feldspars. To sum up, capitalize Earth when it's clearly a reference to the planet, especially when it's listed along with other planet names, which are always capitalized. Keep it lowercase when it's being used more generally, and in idioms when it's being used more metaphorically. If you have to follow a style guide, know what that style guide recommends. And finally, Earth is also a good word to add to your personal or house style guide with examples of when you prefer to capitalize it and when you prefer to keep it lowercase. Because it can be hard to remember, and in some situations, it could go either way. Finally, I have a familect story from Andrew. Hello, Grammar Girl. This is Andrew from Los Angeles. I'm 71 now, but when I was about three or four, um, I used the term for a directional signal in a car, which in those days made these clicking noises. They don't do that really anymore so much. And I called it a Hector protector. I don't know who Hector was, and I don't think anybody was being protected. I think it was much more onomatopoetic. Anyway, for years, my parents used it and would laugh. They're, of course, long gone, but your podcast this morning reminded me of this. Take care. Thanks, Andrew. If you want to call with the story of your familect, a word your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find articles that go with each podcast segment at my website, quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sams, and my editor, Adam Cecil. 
Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Grammar Girl on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all. Thanks for listening. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.